And so this morning, we're going to talk about what is church? What is church? If you can turn to Acts, second chapter, verses 42 to 47. We're going to look in, and as you turn to Acts, is a book written uh, dealing with the history of the church. Uh, the preceding book is the book of Luke. The gospel of Luke and Acts are by the same author. If you turn to Acts second chapter verses 42 to 47, we're going to see that Peter was moved by the Holy Spirit to talk to a group of people. All, um, um, it was a, a festival going on. There was people coming from all different places. So, for example, the Super Bowl. All right? And there's a lot of people from all different places watching the Super Bowl. They're having different uh, countries there, different nationalities, different ethnicities. They're all concerned. And so they're all concerned about what's going to happen for whatever reason. And so they were all in this time around this place and Peter stood up and spoke to this group of people and and something happened while he was speaking their hearts were pricked the word of God said and they were changed and 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 a, and a, a beautiful transformation happened Acts second chapter verses 42 in the New International Version says they devoted to themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Somebody say common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. Somebody say every day. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord, somebody say added, to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Seeing right here, this is the beginning of the Christian church. We, in our modern terminology, when we say church, what comes to your mind? Is it a building? People say, I'm going to church. They, they, so they ask you, where is your church? They want the address, the physical location of a building. But I'm here to help you understand that when they talk about meeting together, when they use the word church in the biblical times of the New Testament, they're not talking about a place. But they're talking about assembly of people that have everything in common. Everything in common. That's what church is. So when we say church, we should not be thinking of a building, but be thinking of a collective body, an active body of believers serving one another in love. That's what church is. I, I grew up here attending Zion Baptist Church on, on Sundays and on Saturdays I went to St. Vincent's de Paul for 4.30 Mass. And so to me, going to church was this. Somebody stood up and sang. I stood up and sang with them sometimes. Then I sat down and somebody spoke. And then after that, I had church. 
that was church to me. So as long as somebody sang a song, as long as somebody preached, that was church. That's what I grew up thinking church was until I started studying and started growing, find out that church was not my attendance or somebody speaking and somebody singing, but church is people coming together, breaking bread with one another, selling their possessions and giving to others who have need. That's church. You being here Sunday morning is great, but yet this is not church. This is a time for you to worship, a time for you to hear the word of God. But church should be your everyday life. It shouldn't be just 52 days out the year, 52 Sundays. But yet it should be 365 and 366 on leap year. You should be having church. Church should not be described that we had church today because they sure sang. Or we had church today because he sure did preach. Because even if, because that's what we say is good church, but we say bad church when the choir doesn't sing well or the speaker doesn't speak well or speaks too long. We're not having church. But yet, you should not come into the house of God trying to feel good about yourself, but you should be coming here to meet God. See, it should not be dependent on what the preacher is going to say or not say, but it should be dependent on you, Lord, I'm here to hear what you have to say to me. You see, I want you to remove church as my attendance on Sunday, but church is my daily living throughout my life. Looking at verse 44, it says this, that all believers were together and had everything in what? Common. So church is not a building. Church is not showing up singing songs. Church is an active body of Christ's followers doing the work of the Lord. What's the work of the Lord? What, what should the church be doing? Well, let's look in. What did they do when they came together? It says this, that, in, that every day they continued to meet together in the temple's courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. How often did they do that? Every day. It says also, too, how they sold their possessions. A church is a house of hope. A church is a place where people will come and feel better about themselves. A church is not the building, the brick and the mortar, as they say, but the church is us. The body of believers. It says we should come together. We should have everything in common. So what does it mean to have everything in common? If I have food to eat, that means what? You have food to eat. My car is filled with gas. That means what? Your car is filled with gas. But yet now we're thinking, say, wait a minute, that's my car, that's my money, that's my gas. I paid for this food myself. Yes, 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 you can say all that, but who made the world? Who made you? Did you manufacture that car? Did you make sure the oil turn into gas so you can put it into your car? No. We take credit for things that are not ours, and God has given us these things, not for us to be selfish, but to give to somebody else. You see, sometimes we come into church, and we think church is how, we, how well we dress, how well we act, how well we look, but yet that's not church. That's just acting. And we can act church very well. 
We can get up and clap our hands and say hallelujah and praise the Lord. And, and we can bow our heads in prayer and say amen in unison. That's great. Sometimes we have those things in common. But where's your heart? Is your heart in the mind of how can I serve the Lord when I go to my workplace, when I go to school, when I go back home and I'm talking to my children or talking to my spouse? Am I serving the Lord then? Because we make it very simple here because what? Look what you're doing right now. All you're doing is sitting down. That's, that's the easy part. That's the easy part. But when we leave here, when times get rough, when people are getting on your nerve, somebody cut, uh, cuts you off in line or you, you get a letter in the mail telling how you need to pay your silico bill or it's about to get cut off or you get a phone call telling somebody how, how you're going to have to move out your house because you didn't pay your rent. And then are you going to be praising God? Then will you be serving God? You see, that's when church is really taking place every day, every day. So the church should be making a difference. It said all, believe, all believers together had everything in common. And, and, and it talked about how in verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their what? Their number daily. Those who were being saved. If people are being saved daily, do you think the world is changing? If people are being saved daily, wouldn't they change their behavior? Wouldn't they change the things that they were doing? That's a church making a difference in people's lives. That's a church that's building a better community. Realizing this, I know you are living in this world right now, but yet we want to show you how Christ wants us to live. Not the rich get richer and the poor get prison, but yet if I'm rich, I want you to have what I have. If I have excess, I will give to you. You know, the, the thing is this, that, Modern technology has always improved that whenever something new comes out, we always upgrade and get something new. That's, that's why a lot of us have so many TVs that we don't, you don't know what to do with them. I, I, I got, I think, four TVs at my house. I live alone. Because I just buy me a new TV and I keep the old one because it still works, but I just want a new one. So, so I have these TVs. You know, we, I take it for granted, but yet if somebody else needs a TV, would I be willing to give up that TV? Not right away. Not right away. I'll be thinking because I have it in this room. So if I have a guest, I have a visitor, they, you know, I'm thinking about myself, not about the other person. I'm not thinking, how can I serve you? How can I love you? But I'm thinking about Sam. We need to forget about ourselves and say, Lord, how can I break bread? How can I give of myself to my neighbor, Lord, that, that I will be honoring you? Because guess what? If I give, guess who's going to give back to me? God. See, we cannot beat God given, but yet we think we can. Well, if I put this much money in this Sunday, Lord, I'm, I'm good for the year. He doesn't care about how much you're giving on this Sunday. What are you giving tomorrow? And the day after that. That's what he's concerned about. That's what church is. We, it's not just you showing up to Sunday school and, and church, but yet you live in what you learn at Sunday school, live in what you learn during worship service, live in what you learn at Wednesday night Bible study. That's what's going to make a difference in this community. The church is the last defense of Jesus Christ. How can you tell them to come to your church when they see you getting drunk, when they see you cursing out your boss, when they see you coming in late to work every day? Not just on sometimes, but every time they see you. And you will tell them, come to your church and learn how to serve God. 
They're looking at you saying, why should I come to your church? I'm already doing what you're doing now. Your life's no different than mine. You see, that's the thing. We should not be in common with the world, but in common with believers. But look here, being devoted to the teachings of the apostles. Now, who are the apostles? The apostles are the, the, the 11 remaining. And they added on some more. But the 11 remaining, teaching them what they learned from who? Jesus. So the church should be devoted to the work of Christ. We have the great commission, we call them in Matthew 28, chapter, he said, go ye into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And he said, where you go, I will be with you also. See, Jesus is letting us know that our job is to serve him and make others to serve him. Because what? We are here to serve one another. That's the, that's the trickiest part of the whole thing. That oftentimes we think that somebody's supposed to do something for us. Wrong. You're supposed to do something for somebody else. Stop waiting for somebody to serve you. Once you get up and serve somebody else. And watch, while you're serving them, somebody's going to serve you. That's how it happens. I, it, it didn't catch on to me until later on. There, there was times that, that uh, I was sharing this in, in, in our orientation class that when I would go to school, I would take extra money to school at high school to give money to somebody else so they could get lunch. Because I knew they were going to ask me. Because they would sit down and won't eat anything. And I, I, I had plenty of, I know I, I had a paper route. I didn't have any bills. So I had plenty of money. All right? For a kid. Y- y'all with me now, right? So I could go to school. I could buy whatever I wanted. This was my lunch when I went to school because I had a meal waiting for me at home. So I wasn't looking for any nourishment. I, got, I, I bought powdered donuts and Starburst and a juice. That was my lunch. Every, and I got it so often when the snack lady saw me, she had it on the counter. And I gave her my dollar twenty. That's how much it was. I, I was that's what I got every time. Because she knew that. So I wasn't worried about my health and my food because I, I was an athlete. I did track and all that stuff. But I knew my mom. Have, have food for me. I even made breakfast for myself that morning. But there's some people that went to school, that was the only meal they were going to get for the day. They didn't have to tell me that. But I knew. And so I wanted to share what I had. And check this out. By me sharing what I had, I, I became cool. Now, I never thought I was cool until after I graduated. I found that everybody knew who I was. I went back to my high school reunion 10 years, and they all remember Sam. I'm like, who, how y'all know me? It, I, it was like a cheers experience, y'all. I, I walked in late, all right, and they're taking the picture. So they get ready to take the picture. I walk in, in unison, a number of people said, Sam. I'm like, man, I feel good up in this place, man. And, and, I'm, and I'm talking to the different people, and they're, doing, they're being successful. They're, they're lawyers. They're, they're um, working for major oil firms, making buku dollars, all right, doing real good. And I'm talking to them, and they say, I'm so happy about you, Sam. I'm like, man, you, doing a, you make a lot of money living out of Texas, going overseas and all this stuff. They say, I'm so happy to hear that you're a, you're a pastor now. We're we not surprised. I'm like, what? Now, those that knew me back in high school saw how bad I was, okay? And, and the things I did, but yet, by me consistently trying to be nice and love one another, that oversaw my misbehavior in class. Because I misbehaved in class, but I didn't misbehave towards them. You follow that? See, I, I may have been disruptive to my teacher, but yet I showed love to my friends. To my la- when they dropped their books, I picked up their books. Somebody was late to class. I was late with them because so we used to play games, knock each other's books down. Once I matured and I stopped doing that myself, I stopped helping people up with their books. 
And then my book stopped getting knocked down because people stopped messing with me because I didn't mess with them. You see, oftentimes we think this, what can somebody give me? And we're so concerned about serving me, but yet you seem to be so concerned. God, how can I serve you? How can I go across the street? How can I help my next door neighbor? Because there may be a time that you will need your neighbor to help you, but yet when you close up your fist, how can somebody give something to you? You have to open up in order to receive. So we see here the church is not about how much we can gain, how much we can give. Another thing about the church, I want us to catch this, that when we have offering, offering is not my payroll. It has nothing to do. You, we are given for the ministry, for the outreach of, of this community. For, for some of you who don't know me, I, I, I did not come here for money. I came here because they called me when I was in college and said, we'd like you to be youth pastor. If, they, if I didn't get that phone call, I would have tried to find me a job somewhere else. I came here just to serve. We need to understand this. Serving is not what we can get, um, what we can get out of it, but just what we can give to God. And God takes care of the rest. You see here? So when we're having an offering, we're having an offering because as we celebrated during our church meeting, how we were able to help 12 families with our benevolence. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Help our 12 families. There's some church that can't even help themselves. But we, we, God's blessed us that we're able to give. How he's been blessing us that we can give to somebody else. Because who knows? It may be our house that burns down. It may be us out on the street without a job and, and we want to come to our church and our church said we can't help you. We'd rather have a chicken dinner when you pay for your chicken dinner. We'd rather have this fundraiser to raise money so we can go on a field trip than to give you money so you can have a meal for the week. When we lose our focus, we think about raising money and now building up the kingdom of God, building a better community. We're not being a church. Because the beginning church says they went from house to house, breaking bread. With one another. That's what church is. Look, look, looking at Ephesians, second chapter, verses 19 to 21. You're going to see what the church is built on. As you turn there, the church, as any building, uh, uh, we, we are God's building. You understand here? That God has, has made us to be his building. He, he performed, he created us. And so Ephesians second chapter, verses 19 to 21, we're going to see about how this building, how this body of believers is built up. Are you with me there? Ephesians second chapter, verses 19 to 21, where the word of God says, and NIV says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's what? Household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Go back to Acts 2nd chapter. It says this, that they, the, the body of believers were given to the, what, the teaching of the apostles. So in order for us to continue to grow and build, we need to be devoted to the teaching of the apostles. And the teaching of the apostles came from whom? Jesus Christ. And so see, and the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the what? Chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rise to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are to be, you too, you too, somebody say me, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So that is saying right there that you too are being built up. 
You are our God's, you are God's building. He created you. And he knows where he wants you to be within his body of believers. And the chief cornerstone is Jesus. He is the major foundation. Everything will rise and fall on him. Same thing as in, in the game of Jenga. You know, there's a one, was one if you ever play Jenga, you, you stack up a bunch of sticks together and you, you move them out. And you know, the person that it falls on is the loser. So you try to find the space. So you don't want to take out the cornerstone. How many of you, how many of you know you push that one in the middle? And you pull it out, you want some of this to go towards the side. Because that's the, wherever that weight is landing on the most, that's what's going to cause it to fall. No matter how many sticks are there, wherever that chief cornerstone may be, sometimes it's in the middle, sometimes it's at the bottom, sometimes it's right there on the side. But if you take out that one, it falls off. And, you know, if, uh, if you take out, it's going to fall. Without Jesus, the church will fall. But yet when we stand on Jesus, then we won't fall. And when we stand on Jesus, we, we are devoted to the teaching of the apostles. Guess who's building us up? God is building us up. Because we are his house. So now check this out. If God is building us up, that means he's our maintenance. So if you need some new plumbing, he'll give you some new plumbing. If he needs to remove some things, he'll remove some things and add some things in. How many of us here, you know, you, you start out maybe in a small house or a small apartment. You think how you want to get a bigger house and a bigger apartment. Same thing. When you start out with God, you may look like you, I'm in a small space. But as you grow with God, God adds on to you. And he adds on to you. And he adds on to you. Pretty soon you start looking at how big your house is. You say, God has blessed me with this. But yet, when we are not given to God, we're going to stay small and insignificant. But yet, when we are his workmanship, used by him, we're able to do major things. We're able to change this community. People will be calling out you because they heard about Zion, and they found out that you're a member of Zion, and they want to see how you can help them out. Because why? By us just promoting this local body. We just say, we're here. As the song said, you know, take my hands, take my feet, Lord, use me. That's what the church should be. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We should be seeing how can we serve somebody else. Not how they can serve me, but how can I serve them? I want us to get in the habit of saying this, that Zion Baptist Church is a church, a place where you can come and serve and be served. A place where you can, where you can come and be loved and love somebody else. A church where you can come and help somebody, and guess what? They'll help you. We will rejoice together, and yes, we will mourn together. It's family here. We, we should follow what the Word of God says and say, if I have anything of access, I should be looking for those who are in need and give to them. You, you may give to Goodwill. You may give to Salvation Army. That's great. There's nothing against that, too. But sometimes you can just look across the street. And just take yourself and walk across the street and say, here, I'm going to give this to you. And maybe somebody's sitting to your left or to your right. They just say, you know what, I'm going to come by your house. And, bring, and I'm going to show you this. There's something different when you sweat. When you bend your back and help somebody else out. You get a joy. I, I, I think I said you before when, when we had that blizzard. And I, and I shoveled my, my neighbor's driveway. I helped her out getting to the end. Because, you know, when the plow comes in, they make the, the snow, you know, that much heavier. And compact that much harder. And, and I wasn't done with my driveway yet. But I went over there and helped her. And, and I thought I was going to be tired. I said, okay, I'm going to help her out. But I'm going to probably have to rest after I get done. But you know, I had more energy after I helped her. 
Then I just got busy. I did, I, I did not only did my driver, but I did my sidewalk, her sidewalk. You know, I just, just got in it because God gave me joy by saying, fam, you realize it wasn't about you, but helping somebody else. You see, when you forget about yourself and concentrate on the Lord, you'll get energy, you'll get strength to do things that you thought was impossible, but God makes it possible. Because why? How did this all start? This all started with Peter. Who is Peter? We know, we know Peter, right? Peter, Peter got out and walked on water, right? We all talk about that. But you know what? Peter, he was also a little punk. He wasn't always so bold to walk on water. He had his ups, he had his downs sometimes, because when it came down to it, he said, he told Jesus, I got your back, I'm your boy, I got your back. But he, he meant to say, I have you way back. Because when it came down to it, they said, we know you. He cursed and lied, said, I don't know the man. Not once, not twice, but three times he denied Christ. Then he ran away crying. How many times have we denied Christ and ran away crying? But yet, I'm so glad the story doesn't stop there with Peter. That after Jesus rises again from the grave and spends time with the disciples, they go out fishing and Jesus sits down with them and says, Peter, do you love me? And yes, I love you. You can feed my lambs. Well, Jesus, do you, and then so Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And he asked him, and he kept on asking, he said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Peter, from that time, realized that Jesus still loved him and has charged him to continue to be used. As, as Christ said, upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. Church, in the Greek ecclesia, means assembly, a group of people. Peter, in Acts, second chapter, after the Pentecost, whole bunch of people looking at them, thinking they're crazy, saying that just Peter gets up and speaks boldly for the word of God. And by this one man decided to speaking out 3,000. Somebody say 3,000. Somebody say, wow. Were added on to the church that day. 3,000. Imagine 3,000 people being in this place right now. You wouldn't have a room to sit. And you'd really be fanning yourself because it would be hot up in here. But imagine that. Wouldn't you want to see that kind of a problem in this place? Realizing that there's not enough room to, to, for everybody to sit down comfortably, but, but yet yeah, everybody's coming in because they want to make a difference when they go back outside into the community. They came up to Peter and say, what must we do? And he says this, that if you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, be baptized and be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then after that happened, that's when we came down to the verse. Then they sat down together, broke bread. They sold of their possessions and gave to those who had need. But the change did not happen until they saw Christ. Change cannot happen in our lives until we tell, and change cannot happen to the, in this community until we tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. So we live the life. Till we live the life. Because why? Somebody's watching you. Somebody's looking up to you. Somebody's depending on you. Might be a little boy. Might be a little girl. Might be your brother. Might be your sister. But they're watching you. So if you fall, guess what? They fall. But if you stand, they stand. As you rise, they rise because they've seen you. They're following you. We, as the church, Jesus called us as individuals to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. That's as individuals. So imagine if each light comes together. We should be brighter than the sun. We should be that bright of a light that everybody would take notice. When the sun rises, we take notice. Am I right? 
You know when the sun's up, because the weather feels different when the sun's up. Even if it's freezing outside, it feels better when the sun is up, when you can see the sun. Same thing, the church. When the church is together, people should feel different. They should feel welcome when they come into this body of belief. They should feel happy when you come into their household. So we are called to build up the church. So what is church? Church is a body of believers doing the work of the Lord. So next time somebody asks you where you go to church, tell them we meet here. But we have church every day. We serve one another. I want us to understand that church is not this building right here. But church is what we'll do when we leave here. When we go to our friends' house. Even when you go to some Super Bowl party. It still should be about Jesus Christ. I have to remind myself that every time I go out, that Sam, you're not out for this or that, but you're out for Jesus Christ. So I have to remind myself that I should be always representing the church first. I had to break myself down. I was about to wear my orange and blue suit. Everybody know about the bears, but, but God just beat me up. I said, Sam, it's not about the bears. Forget about the bears. And, I, and if, if somebody in my family don't know how much I love the bears. And God has broke me down. I said, Sam, you cannot worship me fully today. Do you really love me? I said, ooh. Are you willing to let Christ lead you and work until the job is done? Because the church is not the building, but a, a body of believers doing the work of the Lord. And some of us might have been turned off from a church. That's because we're still getting it together ourselves. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect church. If, if, there is a, if this was a perfect church, it, was, it became imperfect once I joined it. Because I'm not perfect. We, a church should be a place where people can come and get hope and feel better about themselves. The church is a body of believers that will go from house to house, drive somebody here and there, giving of themselves. And God will reward you for it. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Let us pray. Father, right now, help us, Lord, to be the church that you've called us to be. Lord, we pray for every local church in this community, Lord, that we will all have the vision and the mission to be the hope of the world and try to help somebody else with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because, Lord, if it wasn't for somebody ministering to us, Lord, we would be lost. If there wasn't somebody that decided to stop and help us out, Lord, where would we be? So, Lord, bless us that we'd be able to return a blessing to somebody else, that we will be able to help out somebody else to have hope in their lives while they may be hurting while they may be in despair, that they can find hope here, almighty God, in this place. Lord, we are available to be used by you. Still with every head bowed and every eyes closed, with someone here who does not know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and risen from the dead, you shall be saved. So if that's you, that's you. If you, if you realize you've messed up in your life and there's only one person that can clean up your life and that's Jesus and you want Jesus to clean up your life, here's the opportunity for you to confess right now. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. You wouldn't say it unless you meant it. God knows you right now. He's leading you right now, right here. If that's you, just pray this prayer saying, Dear Lord Jesus, that's right. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I have messed up in my life. But I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you, Lord, for saving me and giving me eternal life. 
if that was you that gave your life to Christ, we encourage you to contact Zion Baptist Church. You can reach us online, www.zionbcpeoria.com, or you can reach us by telephone, 309-676-4828.